I want to speak to you this morning, if you're taking notes and you like titles, the title of this morning's message is Believing for Upgrade. Believing for Upgrade. I want you to turn to someone next to you and I want to say that God wants to upgrade our land this morning. God wants to upgrade our land. Okay, if you'd like to turn with me, please, to Deuteronomy chapter 11. We will read some verses from, from here. Deuteronomy 11, yeah, they're going to come up here as well. I'm reading in the, from the NIV. Um, we're reading from verse 8 and we'll read through to verse 15. And just to give a little bit of context here, the Israelites have uh, been released from Egypt. You know, they've seen the plagues come on the Egyptians. They've come through the Red Sea. And now they're just about to cross the Jordan into the promised land. And in this passage we're about to read, there are two types of land being described. The land that they've come from and the land, the new land that they're going to be going to. The land of Egypt, which has been a land of hardship and difficulty. And the new land they're going to come into, which is the land of Canaan, which is really a land of promise and grace and God's favour. And so we read Deuteronomy 11 verse 8, God speaking to them and he says this to them. He said, says, observe therefore all the commands I'm giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. And so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them and their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you're crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It's a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So, if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil, and I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied." Who knows that whenever you buy anything these days that in, involves some sort of, uh, s- any sort of software these days, that you have to buy into the upgrades as well. So, you know, we, we buy our phones and that involves periodic upgrades in the software. Same with our laptops, our PCs or our Macs. Actually, more recently, uh, if you've got these smart TVs, you also have to every so often upgrade the software in your TV. And I recently brought, bought a, a Nest heating system, and even my heating system now requires upgrades. Upgrades are important because they bring improvement and they bring progression and they bring new features and development. And if we don't download the upgrades... Somehow things get sluggish, they get hard work, they even get, can get somewhat stuck and dysfunctional. I want to suggest to you this morning 
that there are some parallels here in our walk with God. The Christian walk was never meant to be static. It was meant to be a relationally dynamic, progressive walk in which we experience new levels and depths of God's love, God's grace, God's power and God's glory. A relationship in which we become more and more Christ-like, in which we grow deeper and deeper in our understanding of his love and his heart and his ways in which our service for him becomes more and more effective. Now, I've been a Christian since I was 19 years of age, which is 37 years ago. And, and someone that met me early on as an, a Christian said this to me. They said, hey, you are just about to begin the most exciting adventure of your life. Well, I didn't understand what they meant at all at that time. But 37 years later, I absolutely understand what they mean. There is nothing more exciting and adventurous than living this life following Christ. And what I've found over those 37 years is one of the most significant parts of the adventure has always been that however much of God we've experienced and discovered, guess what? There's still more to experience and still more to discover. God's heart for you and for me is that our relationship and experience of him does not remain static or get stuck, but enjoys, if you like to use the analogy, enjoys updates and upgrades. New and fresh experiences and levels of God's grace that give us a deeper and richer knowledge and experience of him that makes us increasingly Christ-like and increasingly effective in our love and our service of him. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 11, that's one of those times when God is wanting to bring his people, if you like, into an upgrade, into a fresh experience of his goodness and grace. And in this particular instance, God's wanting to upgrade the land that they are living in. And the land they had been in is really summarised in verse 10, which says, The land you're entering to take over is not the like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. In other words, he's saying, well, the land you've been in, this is a land where you had to personally care for the land. It was about your personal energy and effort with the land. You had to plant each individual seed. You had to personally obtain water for it. And you understand that when they irrigated their, their lands in Egypt, they had to dig channels of water from the rivers, from, from the Nile channels, and then they had to make... Uh, They had to make treadmills. And then in order to get the water to that land, there was a lot of hard work. They had to tread that treadmill to get the water onto the land where they were trying to bring forth a harvest from it. There was a huge amount of energy and effort on this land. And actually often with very little return. In fact... He talks about the land they had as 
on the scale of a, a vegetable garden. You had to put a lot of work and energy and effort in. But actually, the patch was quite small and brought forth very little. But God wanted to give them more. He wanted to bring them into more than they were experiencing. He wanted to give them, if you like, an upgrade, a different type of upgraded land. And we read about that, this land, in verses 9 to 15. Because this land is totally different from the land that they've come from. This land is a land flowing with milk and with honey. And this is a land that God himself cares for. Verse 12 tells us the eyes of God are continually on this land from the beginning of the year to the end. This is not a land about, that's about your effort and energy to care for it. God is caring for this land. And you don't have to irrigate this land by foot because this is a different type of landscape. This is a landscape of mountains and of valleys. And when it rains, the rain collects in streams and it collects in rivers and it flows into your land, not by irrigation and by foot, but in the form of streams and of rivers as the rain comes from heaven. And God sends the rain. Rain in season, the scripture says, just at the right time. And the harvest in this land doesn't depend on our efforts. Verse 14 and 15 tell us God provides the harvest. And in this land, the grace and the goodness of God brings, brings forth supernatural harvest. And the workers simply need to gather it in and enjoy it. The Christian walk often feels like a mixture of those two lands, does it not? Sometimes there are areas where we're trusting God and believing God and working for God and it's, it's a bit like working the vegetable garden and irrigating it by foot. There's a huge amount of our energy and effort that somehow needs to go in to this particular land and somehow we're putting in a lot of diligence and a lot of faithfulness and a lot of prayer and a lot of hard work and somehow it just seems that the return feels small. And then there are other times and other areas of our lives and our church life where it feels like we're in the land of mountains and valleys. Mountains and valleys and the land is drinking rain from heaven and there's a sense of the grace and the favour of God and the blessing of God and, and somehow you, th th there's more happens than the energy and the effort that you're putting in. Most of us are experiencing both of those lands simultaneously in our lives. There are some areas of our lives and ministry and work that just feels like we're working the vegetable garden and then there's some other areas and it just feels, hey, this is a land that's drinking rain from heaven. When God first spoke this word to me through this passage that I was reading in my daily devotional life, it was on the 24th of December, 2015. And as I read through this word and God spoke to me, I identified four areas of my life 
two to do with relationships and two to do with areas of service that felt like I was working vegetable gardens and I had been doing so for years. There was years of prayer and faithfulness and somehow these things hadn't seen any change. And this is what I wrote in my journal. This is what I'm about to read you is lifted from my journal in um, 24th of December 2015. I wrote this in my journal. Father, I pray over these four vegetable gardens, over these four lands that I believe you called me, called us to serve you in and to believe you for a harvest from. Father, I don't have the strength to keep irrigating these gardens by foot. Could you upgrade the land? Could you bring a seasonal rain into each of these fields? Could you cause these lands to drink rain from heaven? Could, could you ensure a new fruitfulness and harvest from these fields? Could you bring me some encouragement and a sign that helps me to know that these lands will be different in the future to how they've been in the past? And here's a couple of examples of, of the vegetable gardens that I was working. One was the relationship with my father. I come from a non-Christian background. My, neither my parents nor my brothers are Christians. You know, my father has been very unhappy that I became a Christian. I was a medical doctor for 20 years. And when I gave up medicine to become a church pastor, actually he was very angry with me. He's still angry with me about that. And in the midst of all that, my relationship over the years with my father has been somewhat dysfunctional. In other words, you know, there's always been a sense that whatever I've done, it's not good enough. And there's been a sense of criticism and he seems to easily get angry with me and resentful of me. And the worst part of all of that was, you know, over the years, I've not had the best response to him when he's been like that with me. You know, I've got angry back and, uh, you know, just not been great over my years in the response to him. You know, and, and part of the pain of the whole situation with my father was just not feeling I'd been a great son. You know, here I was a Christian full of grace and somehow my responses were not what they should have been. And it was just a sense I'd been praying for my dad for 37 years, virtually every day. And I see no crack, no change whatsoever. Hey, that's a vegetable garden I'm talking about. Another vegetable garden was, was our neighbourhood. We've been in our neighbourhood 15 years. The houses in England, you know, there's no space between them. You know, we all like live right on top of each other. So there's about 20 people within a 10-yard radius. No, there's not that. <laughs> there's about 20 sets of people in our road. And we've been praying for our neighbourhood for ages and we have been taking every opportunity we can to, to sow Christ into our neighbours and we've invited them from ev for, you know, to everything going and absolutely not a flicker of response you know, over all those years. I mean, I, you know, I just concluded they just thought we were just the religious nutters on the street and that was it. That was about all we seemed to have achieved. Actually, these were two of the vegetable gardens I brought before God. I had an encounter with God through this scripture, and I felt God say he wanted to upgrade the land if I would bring these vegetable gardens before him. And you know how 
you really want some things to happen and then you feel God speaks and says they'll happen and you really ask yourself a question. Is this just my wishful thinking? Maybe I'm bad for doing that and lack faith, but it's the truth sometimes. Lord, is this just my wishful thinking? And I have to admit to saying to God, God, if this is from you, you need to confirm this word. And in the, later on in the January, I was at a conference and a, a guy, a national leader that was preaching at the conference, out of nowhere, pointed to, to, to me and spoke to our church in Teesside and said, God's going to give you an upgrade. God's going to upgrade your situations. And I just knew as I knew as I knew that that God was speaking to us and that he wanted me to believe for these vegetable gardens to be upgraded and that he wanted the church because not only individually do we have vegetable gardens, corporately we have vegetable gardens. So I believed for my vegetable gardens to be upgraded. I preached on the 13th of March 2016 to our church that God wanted to upgrade some of these lands And we believed as a church, we believed God's word, we took him at his word and that God wanted to upgrade some of our vegetable gardens and turn them, change the landscape into hills and mountains and see streams and rivers flow. And a most remarkable thing happened. Out of that, we just began experiencing both personally and corporately just fresh outpourings of grace and favour we started experiencing stuck, unfruitful situations, becoming unstuck and fruitful. And we found that those veg- many of those vegetable gardens, not all of those vegetable gardens, but many of those vegetable gardens we've been irrigating by foot, suddenly started drinking rain from heaven. And I can't begin to tell you the number of breakthroughs, actually, over the last couple of years that we've seen both personally and corporately. But I'll just give you a few illustrations of the sort of things that happened. So when I preached this message on the Sunday morning, there was a woman there called Denise Coleman who came on her knees and presented her vegetable garden. I mean, many people came on their knees and presented their vegetable gardens to God that day. And Denise Coleman was one of them. I didn't know what she was praying for, but I saw her there on her knees. And then later on in the week, she just texted me and talked to me about a remarkable but remarkable upgrade she'd experienced. When she was there presenting her vegetable garden before God, this was what her vegetable garden was. Her father had dementia and he didn't know Christ. And her mother had said to her on the Friday before the Sunday, her heart was breaking because she said, in all the years I've been married to your father, he's never really shown me any great affection. And so she was bringing this situation with her mum and dad, the pain of her mother, the, the, her own pain of her father having dementia but not knowing the Lord. And she brought this and she, she'd been, this had been going on for years and she'd been praying into the situation. On the Tuesday of that week, her mother had been clearing up the bedroom where her father who had dementia was sat in the bed and he was following her around the room, looking every place where she was going. And she said to him, you know, what on earth are you looking at? 
And he said this. He said, I'm looking at my beautiful, beautiful wife. You don't know how profound and significant that was for a wife who for years and years had never felt valued and appreciated. And then on the Thursday, when Denise, the daughter, was helping look after her father and clean him, he suddenly had the most remarkable lucid moment and started talking to her about some of his sadnesses and his lack of hope for the future. And in that lucid moment, which hardly ever came their way, she asked him if he wanted to give his life to Christ. And fully knowing what he wanted to do, he gave his life to Christ and she led him through to the Lord. One of our elders had been working in a music college for seven years and had hardly ever had any opportunities to share his faith with people in that music college. He brought that as a vegetable garden before the Lord. On the Monday morning, he went into his music... Well, actually on the Wednesday when he went into his music college, that very day, three separate people came and asked him about church and about his faith and he was able to have three conversations with three different individuals the likes of which he'd not had in the whole seven years there. A few weeks after this, I went out with my dad. I'd look to take my dad out. We go to one of the local pubs he likes to go to and I sit there and we just have a drink together. And, and as we were drinking together, he suddenly turned to me and said, Oh, and by the way... Now, when my dad... You know, it's like... It's like I've heard that phrase with that tone the whole of my life. Oh, by the way, he said, I've got something to say to you. Well, I normally go like this at that point in time. And he just said something that absolutely never, ever, ever said to me in his life. He said, you know what, son, I want to say sorry to you. I want to say sorry for the way that I've treated you throughout your life and the way I've criticised you and been at times so unkind to you. I actually love you very deeply and I'm really sorry for the way I've treated you. And I mean, I just couldn't believe he was saying this, you understand. And I just turned around to him and I said, you know what, Dad? And I'm sorry too because I haven't been as respectful as I should have been and when you get angry with me I'd so often withdraw or get angry back and I want to say to you I'm sorry and I'm never going to do that again with you and it was the most profound God moment that was a couple of years ago and I want to tell you something God did something in my heart now my dad hasn't got saved and I have to say there was a little bit of reverting to type but you know it hasn't had the same effect on me Every time he's got irritated or got a bit negative, I've just, I, I've just loved him. It hasn't affected me at all. It was an upgrade in the relationship between myself and my father. A few weeks after we prayed this prayer, we, we'd gone on holiday for a couple of weeks. And when we got home, as soon as we got home, the neighbours were knocking on the door. 
they came in. The couple of them came in. They said, thank goodness you're back. Thank goodness you're back. You said, while you're away, our daughter uh, has, has had the possibility that she's got ovarian cancer. And they said, the first thing that we struck us was suddenly we panicked because you had gone on holiday. We know you as the, the couple that care and the couple that will pray for us. And we were desperate for you to pray. Thank goodness you're back. Would you pray for us? What, now? Yes, here and now. In your hall, will you pray for us? You know, and will you get your church praying for us? And so we started praying with them. And actually a few months later, they were actually in church as well. We just saw for 15 years of virtue, 13 years of nothing in our neighborhood. And suddenly there was an upgrade in the land. As a church, we came into a new level of prophetic accuracy. As a church, songwriting started to flow in a new way in and through our worship team. As an eldership team, we went through a whole new level, to a whole new level relationally. Our Sunday meetings over the next six weeks, we saw people saved every single week. Sometimes just one, sometimes up to six people. One of our churches that received this word that's under our sort of a salt and light church that's under our care in the northeast that heard this word, they hadn't seen anyone saved for four years. And in the next four weeks after they presented that as a vegetable garden to the Lord, they saw four different people saved over that time. That, That was such an encouragement to them. There's no end to the list of vegetable gardens we've seen upgraded over the last two years. There are still a whole load of areas that still feel like vegetable gardens. Do you understand? There's still areas that feel hard where we just have to be diligent and prayerful and faithful and do what we know is godly and do what we know is right and we're not really seeing anything as a result but we're doing what God's called us to do. And there will always be areas where we're called to that sort of faithfulness and diligence and perseverance. Those areas will always be there. But God spoke. We believed God. God was faithful And we just saw fresh and new outpouring of grace and favour in many areas and just saw vegetable gardens upgraded to a land of mountains and valleys that seemed to be drinking the rain from heaven. Now, I want to say something to you. God gave me this word two and a half years ago. Apart from our own church network in the northeast. Before we came to Canada, I've only preached this word twice in any situations. You know, I'm not the sort of person that feels, well, here's a good word that will go down well. Let's lift it. No, for me, it's very important to to only bring what I feel God is saying to bring. So in two and a half years outside of this trip to Canada, it hasn't been shared at all, apart from in Oxford and in Manchester in, in the UK. But I felt God say something absolutely resoundingly clear for you as I sat in the UK and prayed about this this time and this morning. I felt God say very clearly that this word about upgrade, this 
word about your vegetable gardens becoming lands of mountains and valleys. This is his word from heaven for you today. Personally and corporately. He wants you to believe him for upgraded lands. And here's the reason. I wrote down four fields on the 24th of December 2015. And the second field on my list was the city of York. Because for two years we've been trying to plant a church in York. We'd had a leadership couple and a team that were all positioned to move. And something happened to the leadership couple and the whole thing fell apart And it was like we'd been believing God to plant a church and for the gospel to go forth in that city. We'd felt very clearly God had spoken. And here we were several years later with a vegetable garden that it just felt was hard work to get anything going and see anything happen in that city through us. And so during that period of time, here's one of the Here's one of the vegetable gardens I lifted before the Lord. It was a city of York and God's call on us to plant a church. And I just couldn't see any way that we would be able to see it happen. But I presented it before God. Today, you're sacrificially sending Will and Elise to York, to our land. I want to tell you something, Ron is right when he says something incredibly profound, significant and spiritual is happening through what you're doing today. Because today you are investing into the upgrade of our land. You are investing into the upgrade of our nation. You are investing into the upgrade of the city of York. You are investing into changing our vegetable garden into a land of mountains and valleys that will drink the rain from heaven because God's promised he'll do that through these guys and with these guys. You, you have become the answer to our prayer. You have become the source of God's upgrading grace and favour to our nation, to the city of York and to us as a network of churches and to myself and to Linda personally. And exactly the same is true with Jason and Sylvia and their family as well. You are investing into the upgrade of the power. You are becoming the source of of an upgrade, of a vegetable garden being changed to a land of mountains and valleys that will drink the rain from heaven. That's where they're going on your behalf. That's what God is going to do in and through you because of your willingness to sacrificially give and send. I want to tell you, your inheritance is not just here. Your inheritance is in our nation. Your inheritance is in York. Your inheritance is in the power because you have given into the upgrade of those lands. Now here's God's word for you today. Those who sow into the refreshing of others, those who sow sacrificially into the upgrade of the lands of others shall themselves be refreshed 
shall themselves see their lands and their vegetable gardens upgraded. Because God is no man's debtor. With the measure that you give, so shall it come to you. Press down. Bigger than the measure you ever gave with. And I believe with all of my heart, God is wanting to do something quite supernatural in each person's life here this morning. And at the end of the service, we're going to give an opportunity for you to come and to bring your vegetable gardens. Because as I've been speaking, you will know those areas where you need to see some upgrade. And we're going to give you the opportunity at the end to come and to present those vegetable gardens to God and just to ask for a fresh outpouring of his grace and favour. And for you as an eldership, corporately, there are areas, you know, where you and the leadership have been sowing away and where there's not, there are vegetable gardens you corporately will have as well. And I believe if you as an eldership team, as a leadership team together, will present those before God. I can't say every single thing was be changed and I'm not saying that to you. But I want to say if you come with faith and believe this is a word in God's time, in season, from heaven for you, and you combine it with faith, I want to tell you, you will be surprised and amazed at what God will do over the coming days, weeks, months, and years. And I want to encourage you, if God speaks to you today, and you come and you combine this word with faith, I want you to make a note of the date, and then I want you to be faithful to write down all the areas that God subsequently changes and upgrades. And I want you to share those with others because actually, you know, there's nothing like answer prayer to continue to raise people's levels of faith. We serve a God who does immeasurably more than we can ask or even imagine. He's present today. He loves you. He sees the land you've been sowing into and his heart today is to see some of those lands upgraded as you have been faithful to invest into the upgrade of others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, God bless you.